Hello, Internet. This is Linda Dawson. And this is Glenn Dawson. And you're listening to Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast. We're just back from our trip to Branson. And my, was that such a wonderful trip. Yes, it was. We saw lots of shows. We saw the Presleys, the Hughes Brothers, then the Sight and Sound Theaters, the Miracle of Christmas show. This presentation is almost unbelievable. The stage was wrapped around on both sides, and during the show, angels flew in and out overhead. Live animals and characters filled the aisles. Our senses were truly saturated with a reality brought to life. Then we drove through a large display of the lights of joy. What a beautiful sight for the eyes. I went shopping the next day. Glenn was not feeling well. I went to Paula Dean's restaurant and, and gift shop where I made a few purchases and had a wonderful meal. By the evening, I was feeling much better, and we went to see Six, a singing group that needs no orchestra. While some of the selections were not to my taste, the sound that they create was truly amazing. And I liked a lot of the music, especially the Christmas music. We went on to the showboat the next day, the Branson Bell Lunch Cruise and Show. This was truly awesome, with dancing, singing, and a most entertaining MC who was a magician. The entertainment was great, and the scenery was beautiful. After, much, after some more shopping, we ended our entertainment with the Dutton's Christmas Show. The Duttons are a very talented family with about 40 strong family members, and the musical presentation was fast and moving and surprised at every turn. A truly memorable experience. But all good things must come to an end, and so did ours, with a nice, pleasurable bus ride home. We filmed the trip as much as the theaters would allow, and we captured the beauty of the Ozarks. Within the next couple of weeks, the video should be edited and we'll have it on our YouTube channel. Be on the lookout for the news about that. Linda, we're so blessed to be part of the Lexington Community Seniors. LCS is a ministry of Broadway Baptist Church under the direction of David Dale, our minister of music. And let's not forget about all the organizers, bus drivers, and helpers the volunteers to help pull it off. Glenn, this is just one of the truly wonderful blessings. Not only is it entertainment to many who travel with us, but we come in contact with so many, and that brings us opportunities to share Jesus. Indeed, how wonderful it has been to have the opportunity to be used in the Lord's service and to know you're making an eternal difference in the lives of people. The Lord is good, isn't he? Yes, we need him in our lives. Our lives would be meaningless if it was not for the Lord Jesus Christ. We were just having a problem related to computers and software. We'd been on the phone for two days with Microsoft and has several tra technicians work with us. And at our wit's end, we once again prayed for help. Yes, Linda, and I googled one more time and our about our problem, and there the text was in a suggestion. I implemented the suggestion, and wow, there was an answer, and the problem was solved. So see, 
We not only need Him for our great big problems like salvation and our eternity, but our health and our everyday needs. We need Him to keep us calm and rest in Him. Yes, Glenn, this week's hymn, written by Annie Hawks, suggests we need our Lord all the time, and it is a testimony to her constant devotion to the Lord, praising the divine blessings of her Savior. Annie Hawks stated that this hymn comes from a place of love and joy, an expression of her great appreciation for the salvation found in God. Even today, the message seems to remain the same. We need Jesus every hour of every day. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like then can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. I need thee every hour, stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. I need thee every hour. O joy or pain, come quickly and abide, for life is vain. I need thee every hour. Teach me thy will, and thy rich promises in me fulfill. A New York native, Annie Hawks, discovered she had a gift for writing verses in the early ages of 14, contributing poems on a regular basis to a variety of newspapers. Though she composed over 400 hymn texts, I Need Thee Every Hour is the only hymn of hers that is really sung today. When Annie moved to Brooklyn with her husband, Charles Hawks, at age 24, she met a pastor named Dr. Robert Lowry. An accomplished composer, Lowry praised Hawks' writing and commented, If you'll write the words, I'll write the music. Handsome Place Baptist Church was where the two came in contact, and Dr. Lowry seemed to be a perfect composer to collaborate with Hawks. He wrote 500 gospel songs and contributed the music of even some of the lyrics to I Need Thee Every Hour. Dr. Lowry had no particular method for writing music and said of his talent, My brain is sort of a spinning machine, I think, for there is music running through it all the time. I don't pick out any music on the keys of the instruments. The tunes of nearly all of the hymns I have written have just been completed on paper before I tried them on the organ. Hawks wrote, One day as a young wife and mother of 37 years of age, I was busy with my regular household tasks during a bright June morning in 1872. Suddenly I became so filled with a sense of nearness to the Master that wondering how one could live without Him, either in joy or pain, these words were ushered into my mind, the thought at once taking full possession of me. Dr. Robert Lowry added a refrain as he wrote the music for the hymn. It is said to have been translated into more foreign languages than any other modern hymn of, of the time of her death. Hawk stated, For myself, the hymn was prophetic rather than 
expressive of my own experiences, for it was wafted out to the world on the wings of love and joy, instead of under the stress of personal sorrow. Lowry, who wrote the music, went on to say, I believe it was the expression of her own experience. It came to me in the form of five simple stanzas, to which I added the chorus to make it more serviceable. It inspired me at its first reading. It first appeared in a small collection of original songs prepared for the National Baptist Sunday School Association, held in Cincinnati, Ohio, in November 1872, and was sung on that occasion. The hymn was soon adopted into the evangelistic campaign campaign of gospel composer and compiler Aristanke. According to his autobiography, he sang it for the first time at Mr. Moody's meeting in the East End of London. After that, we often used it at our prayer meetings. It was included in the first editions of Sankey's famed gospel hymns and sacred songs in 1875 in the U.S. and the corresponding British series. The phrase, I need thee, is at the center of the intimacy expressed in this hymn. Its persistent repetition is a common device used by hymn writers of the era. With the added refrain, with the refrain added by Lowry, Hawk's hymn pleads, I need thee twenty times when all five stanzas are sung. This close relationship with Christ stands in stark contrast to more objective hymns based, for example, on God's mighty acts and the theology of the Trinity. Perhaps the Christian life exists somewhere between these two poles, praising of the almighty God, powerful God, and craving the intimacy of a personal relationship with Jesus. Many Christians today struggle with the language of submission that accompanies some 19th century gospel hymns. For example, Franny Crosby begins the second stanza of Blessed Assurance with perfect submission, perfect delight. Lowry's refrain adds, I come to thee, another note of submission, to Hawks, I need thee every hour. The personal devotion, devotional hymns in 19th century women have their place. They provide glimpses into the lives of women segregated from the principle of leadership, even in the church, by gender, leading lives separate from their spouse, primarily in domestic settings, and with little or no voice in the public arena. Now the sermons and speeches made by so many men in the public sectors of church and society have long been forgotten, but the songs of these women, whose primary arena was the relative quiet of the home, are still sung. Following the death of her husband, Hanks reflected on the power of her song, I do not understand at first why this hymn has touched the great throng heart of humanity. It was not until long after, when the shadow fell over my way, the shadow of great loss, that I understood something of the comforting power of the words which I had been permitted to give out to the others 
at my hour of sweet serenity and peace. Whenever my attention is called to it, I am conscious of great satisfaction in the thought that I was permitted to write the hymn, I Need Thee Every Hour, and that it was wafted out to the world on the wings of love and joy, rather under the stress of great personal sorrow with which it has so often been associated in the minds of those who sing it. I remember well the morning many years ago when in the middle of the daily crisis of my home, then in a distant city, I was so filled with a sense of nearness to the master that wondering how one could live without him, either in joy or pain. Those words, I need thee every hour, were ushered into my mind. The thought at once taking full possession of me. The song resonates with Christians across time and place because it speaks to a deeply rooted need to feel the presence of God in times of distress. It echoes the cries of the Psalms, as in Psalm twenty-two, nineteen. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. The first printing of the song carried the scripture reference of John fifteen five, which says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. In the longer passage, Jesus stressed the importance of relying on him, seeking his love and keeping his commandments. By doing these things, his followers would bear fruit, see their prayers answered, and experience his joy. Regarding the loss she had experienced later in life, her husband died in Brooklyn in 1888 at age 55. They had three children, one of them who, a daughter, was still living in 1893. Following the death of her husband, Hawks reflected on the power of her song. I did not understand at first why this hymn had touched the great throbbing heart of humanity. It was not until long after when the shadow fell over my way, the shadow of a great loss, that I understood something of the comforting power in the words which I had been permitted to give out to others in my hour of sweet serenity and peace. Hawks wrote over 400 hymns, but I Need the Ever Hour is the only one that's sung today. Hymns were published in a variety of popular Sunday school hymn books of the day. Miss Hawks died on January 3, 1918 in Bennington, Vermont. Robert Lowry was born in Philadelphia on March 12, 1826. His fondness for music was exhibited in his earliest years. As a child, he amused himself with the various musical instruments that came into his hands. At the age of 17, he joined the First Baptist Church of Philadelphia and soon became an active worker in the Sunday school as teacher and chorister. At the age of 22, he gave himself to work in the, of the ministry and entered upon a course of study at the University of Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. At the age of 28, he was graduated with the highest honors of his class. In the same year of his graduation, he'd entered upon a work of the ministry. He served as pastor of Westchester, Pennsylvania, in New York City, in Brooklyn, 
and in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. He then went to Plainfield, Plainfield, New Jersey, where he became pastor of Park Avenue Church. In each of these fields, his work was crowded with a marked success. Dr. Lowry was a man of rare administrative ability, a most excellent preacher, a thorough Bible student, and whether in the pulpit or upon the platform, always a brilliant and interesting speaker. He was of a genial and pleasing disposition, and a high sense of humor was one of his most striking characteristics. Very few men had greater ability in painting pictures from the imagination. He could thrill an audience with his vivid descriptions, inspiring others with the same thoughts that inspired him. His melodies are sung in ever-civilized land, and many of these hymns have been translated into foreign tongues. While preaching the gospel, in which he found great joy, was his life work. Music and hymnology were favorite studies, but were always side issues at recreation. When he saw that the obligations of musical editorship were laid upon him, he began the study of music in earnest and sought the best musical textbooks and works on the highest forms of musical composition. He possessed one of the finest musical libraries in the country. It abounded in works on the philosophy and science of musical sounds. He also had some musical works in his possession that were over 150 years old. One of his labors of love some years ago was an attempt to reduce music to a mathematical basis on the established fact that middle C has 256 vibrations per second. He prepared a scale and went to work on a rule of three, the infinite calculation and repeated experiments. He carried it far enough and discovered it would not work. Reverend Robert Lowry died at his residence in Plainfield on November the 25th, 1899. He lives through his sermons and gospel song. Dr. Lowry was a great and good man, and his life well spent is highly worthy of a place among the world's great gospel song and hymn writers. Can I have just a couple of minutes to ask you about your needs? What needs do you have in your life? Are you at peace? Is your day-to-day life in tension, or are you at rest? I didn't ask you if you have problems. We all do that. But what we can do is to look at them as unsolved opportunities. My brother has a saying he likes to say, You know how to eat an elephant? I say, how? He says, one bite at a time. The Bible tells us that the evil of the day is sufficient thereof. It also asks us, if we worry, does it add one day to our life? I guess what I'm getting at is that life on this earth is so temporary. I know it's easy to get wrapped up in what you're doing Nothing else seems important as what we got going on. I'm guilty of that as anybody. But the grand scheme of things, it's not usually all that important. 
are the important things taken care of in your life? If you died in the next few minutes, what would your eternity be like? Do you know Jesus said, I come that you might know you have eternal life, not just guess or hope. He wants you to know. You can know. He just wants you to trust him. He loves you. He just wants you to believe it. So much he loved you that he died for you. And just to prove he was real, he rose from the dead. He's reaching out to you. Take his hand. Tell him you're sorry for the sins you've committed. Let him wrap you in his arms and care for you forever. That's what he wants. And deep down inside of you, you know that's what you want and need to. He's what's missing from your life today. Become complete in him. Trust him right now. Glenn, would you play us I Need Thee Every Hour on the tenor sax? I'd be glad to. guys to listen to our podcast of music. Without you it'd be kind of useless to be doing this wouldn't it? We are thrilled when folks tell us they heard our podcast and our music and they were blessed. Thank you so much. You too can message us by email at glenn.dawson at glenndawsonea.com That's g-l-e-n-n dot dawson at g-l-e-n-n dawson ea.com. You can also reach us by leaving a comment at most sites that carry our programs. We certainly love it when you visit with us on our podcast, listen to our music, or watch our YouTube videos. Our video programs are on YouTube. 
just go over to YouTube and search for Glenn and Linda Dawson. While you're there, select like, subscribe, and notification buttons so you'll be notified when our videos come out. Also, it'll help us in our effort to partner with YouTube. YouTube gets advertising money for showing the videos on their platform, and they share that money with the content providers when they're in a partner program. In order to be part of the partner program, you need 4,000 watch hours in 12 months and 1,000 subscribers. We can't do it without your help, and we appreciate your help so much. This will help us get our channel going. Our program is part of the Glen Austin Evangelistic Association. We're a 100% nonprofit organization dedicated to sharing Jesus with everyone. All our finances go 100% directly to this ministry. All of the workers for our program are all volunteers. Our webpage is located at glendawsonea.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week on Preparing Our Hearts for Worship. God, God be, be with you. you. Goodbye, Goodbye for now. now.